Lutheran Women in Mission praise the Lord for opportunities to share His message and love with people in all walks of life throughout our community and the world. Today, the LWML invites you to join us in celebrating the joy of serving the Lord with gladness in this congregation. Coming together in worship, God makes us a big-hearted church that extends his hand of love to everyone. The Apostle Peter writes, Above all, keep loving one another earnestly. Welcome to the Sand Hills Lutheran Ministry Podcast. I am Pastor John Edding. The title of the sermon on LWML Sunday is Love One Another from a Pure Heart. This is a sermon on 1 Peter 1, verse 22. Thanks be to God. Let's get to the sermon. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Today is LWML Sunday. LWML stands for Lutheran Women's Missionary League. It's an auxiliary of the LCMS, uh, Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. And it has members, LWML has, throughout North America. The word missionary suggests that, they're, that they sponsor mission efforts throughout the world. And they do that with their mites. These are the small offerings that are given. And boy, do they add up. I know um, firsthand how uh, much a blessing that can be. And they're, along with their prayers, we had one missionary, uh, a female missionary, able to come to serve uh, on a team that, that we had worked with uh, to uh, Muslims, a Muslim people group in Africa. And LWML raised the funds to support a female missionary to the women of this Muslim people group um, uh, to the salary and the benefits to the tune of $100,000. So it's just, it just adds up, and it's, it's just a wonderful blessing. For this LWML Sunday, I'd like us to think about 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for sincere brotherly love, Love one another earnestly from a pure heart. And they say that a picture is worth a thousand words, right? So I'm going to invite you to take a look at the cover of your bulletin along with me. You could say that this sermon is structured basically on this image right here. So we're going to go through this image and think about, first of all, think about a heart. So you see a heart and a hand. First of all, let's think about a heart in a hand. I mean, literally, uh, think about holding a a real heart in your hand. Not too many people do this, but a heart transplant surgeon does that, right? He, He literally does that. He takes a diseased heart out uh, with his hand, and he puts in a new heart. So that's what God has done for you and me. Again, let's look at the logo. Do you see the cross and the drop of water in the logo? Well, you know what the cross represents. It it means Jesus dying for the forgiveness of our sins. What does the drop of water mean? Baptism, okay. And And I'm sure you know that. Baptism gives you a new heart, pure heart. 
With all the benefits of Christ's death and resurrection, now we heard earlier from the Old Testament reading a promise from God, and it came through the prophet Ezekiel. This is Ezekiel 36, verse 26. I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. He has kept his promise. Unlike a physical transplant that lasts some years, the new heart God gives you through baptism will live forever. And let me pause here for a moment because you might think, well, this is just routine church talk. (laughs) Why did God give you and me this quote-unquote transplant? Well, here's why. I have within my heart thoughts, feelings, ideas, urges that are sinful. And, And my, if what's deep down within me ever came out, I'd be so ashamed, I'd hightail it out of town. Don't you also have things deep down in your heart that would shame you if others knew? My heart by nature is not pure. And neither is yours. We are born with what is called original sin. I like to think of it as inherited sin sickness. It's inherited from the sinners before us. If you looked at that, remember the timeline from Adam and Eve, from the fall and the promise. And we daily commit actual sins sooner or later than what's deep down in our hearts is going to be known. Hebrews 4, verse 13, the writer to Hebrews says this, or writes this, No creature is hidden from his God's sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. To whom we must give account. Now, so this sin in us, original sin, and actual sins that we commit uh, daily. This is the old Adam who continues in us, yes, even in us who are forgiven. And thank you, Lord, for forgiving us. Still, this sin will continue until the day you die. And when you go to the funeral home, To pay your respects to someone who has died, that person before you is no longer sinning. When you die, you stop sinning. And that's the wonderful mystery of baptism. Baptism brings us the forgiveness of Jesus Christ here and now and gives us grace to live new and holy lives here and now. St. Paul says we were buried with him. Christ, by baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Romans 6, verse 4. St. Peter also talks about this, and he describes it as new birth. Just a few verses before our text for today. 1 Peter 1, verse 3. He writes, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So, 
mysteriously. Baptism is your daily death and new birth. And when a surgeon transplants a human heart, new physical life comes to this fatally ill patient. Now God has mysteriously given you a new heart, a pure heart, newness of life. And with the life God gives, you have love, his love. 1 Peter 1, verse 22, having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. So two short remarks are necessary here. First of all, having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth, well, that kind of sounds like you have made yourself pure by keeping the commandments. But that's not what Peter means. Peter is simply talking about faith, our new heart, our our new birth, makes us children of the Heavenly Father who trustingly look up to him and want to live the live holy lives for his sake. Being pure before God is not our doing. It's all grace. For, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, Ephesians 2, verse 8. Okay, my second point about that verse Second point of information about our sermon text is this. When Peter says faith is for a sincere brotherly love, he's not excluding women. We better not do so on LWML Sunday, right? In the New Testament, the word brother often means both men and women who believe in Jesus. And so we could paraphrase it this way. Now that the cross of Jesus has come into your hearts through baptism, love one another. Once again, let's take a look at the logo. The logo shows it so well. The cross comes through baptism into your heart, into my heart, into each of our hearts, and each new purified heart is surrounded by a much bigger heart. Can you take a guess what the bigger heart is? Well, it's the church. It's the big-hearted place where all our hearts are together in his hand. So uh, let's talk about that. A big-hearted place filled with love. Let me ask you a question. What motivated you to come to church today? Or let me ask it in a general way. What motivates us to come to church? Well, I think the beginning of the answer is, I think, the people. You, me, all of us together. And as we have experienced uh, during the COVID crisis in the past 18 months, we can hear the word of God over the internet But being together in person around the word uh, is the truest reason to come together. Together with one another, God gives us his word, his word of new birth, of life, and love of Christ. 
are in Christ. And together, we receive this transforming word. As we hear it, as it is spoken and sung, and as we receive it physically in baptism and the Lord's Supper. There are various reasons to come to church. But more than anything else, we come to worship because here all our hearts are all together. Not only together with one another, but most importantly, together with one another in his hand. And remember, uh, last week's sermon from the writer of Hebrews said, we gather together to encourage one another while it is still called today. So the church encourages one another. So when you think about it, there is something about worship that is different from all the other groups or associations you have during the week. Maybe you belong to an organization. Maybe it's the Lions Club, or maybe it's uh, you're a veteran, um, a veterans organization, the American Legion, or the veteran veterans of foreign wars, or you belong to a I don't know bowling club, <laughs> bowling team, um, or maybe you just like to hang out with friends. That's all well and good. But isn't there, and shouldn't there be something different about being together, something uniquely special about fellowshipping with church members, gathering as the baptized to hear God's word, to receive Jesus' body and blood in Holy Communion? This is what's unique about our coming together each week in worship. It's here that God comes to us through his means of grace to make us a big-hearted fellowship with the love, with his love. Means of grace, it's another churchy phrase. So in this past week, uh, with the youth group, I explained what means of grace is. Uh, We had, um, after our Bible study, then I put out how God uses the ordinary to make it extraordinary with his word. So you have... The, the word is, that is spoken, that is read, and then you had, I, I had a, a bowl of water symbolizing baptism, and then also I had a chalice uh, with a plate uh, with some communion wafers on it. And then I had this. John, that's it. If you can't see it, it's a John Deere gator. So what do they all have in common? Well, what does a John Deere gator do? And I had to consult this morning because I've never taken a ride yet on a side-by-side, so um, here I am asking for a ride and the experience of taking, let's say, a John Deere gator into the field on on a ranch, and I know it's very useful, right? It delivers. It delivers people. It delivers feed, tools, whatever. And that's what the means of grace is. It's a vehicle. The means of grace is God delivering to us his grace. And that's how we love one another, earnestly from a pure heart. And that, I think, is compelling reason why we come to church. And also to love those outside the church, too. Jesus is not content with just to hold us only in his hand, but uh, he reaches his hand out to others. How did he do this? Remember, the leper uh, met Jesus and begged to be healed. Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him when Jairus' daughter was ill and died. Jesus took out, took 
her by the hand and said, Talitha kumi, which means little girl, I say to you, rise, and she had new life. When Peter, good old Peter, tried to walk to Jesus on the water, he got so scared, he, he began to sink, and Jesus, it is recorded, immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him. And then, of course, three weeks ago, we looked in the sermon how Jesus took them, the little children, in his arms and blessed them, laying his hands on them. So today, he reaches out his hand through you and through me to people who don't yet know his life and his love. And we can do it through those organizations also that we talked about. I mean, if you belong to the Lions Club or any other club that we mentioned, you can meet people. It's good because there you are involved. Your involvement means you, you can mingle with people who also have struggles, their hurts and their hopes and their joys. But who don't know Jesus, you are there because you have a heart, a new heart in his hand that is reaching out to others. So in your order of service, it's on page five, I'd like you to turn to the pledge. The LWML pledge, it's printed right after the sermon title here. Please, let's look at it now. The pledge reminds us why we come to worship, why our hearts are in his hand to reach out to others. Our motivation is this, in fervent gratitude for the Savior's dying love and his blood-bought gift of redemption. And since he has put our hearts in his hand, we take out his outgoing love to all people. So let's read that pledge together. In fervent gratitude for the Savior's dying love and his blood-bought gift of redemption, we dedicate ourselves to him with all that we are and have, and in obedience to his call for workers in the harvest fields, we pledge him our willing service wherever and whenever he has need of us. We consecrate to our Savior our hands to work for him, our feet to go on his errands, our voice to sing his praises, our lips to proclaim his redeeming love, our silver and our gold to extend his kingdom, our will to do his will, and every power of our life to the great task of bringing the lost and the erring into eternal fellowship with him. Amen. And that's not the amen of the sermon, but almost. I'll wrap it up with this quotation from Martin Luther. He writes, then what is a pure heart? What is meant by a pure heart is this, one that is watching and pondering what God says and replacing its ideas with the word of God. This alone is pure before God. Yes, purity itself, which purifies everything that it includes and touches. Therefore, Though a common laborer, a shoemaker, or a blacksmith may be dirty and sooty or may smell because he is covered with dirt and pitch, still he may sit at home and think, my God has made me a man. He has given me my house, wife, and child and has commanded me to love them and to support them with my work. Note that he is pondering the word of God in his heart. If he attains the highest purity so that he also takes hold of the gospel and believes in Christ, without this, that purity is impossible. Then he is pure completely, inwardly in his heart, toward God and outwardly toward everything under him on earth. I pray that that 
describes all of us. Members of the LWML, Lutheran Women in Mission, I got my LWML hat here, okay? I thank you for your example and your encouragement. I tip my hat to you. And I hope that we will all take this logo home to remember the transformation that forgiveness has brought into our hearts and lives through baptism. Coming together in worship, God makes us a big-hearted church that extends his hand of love to everyone. And above all, keep loving one another earnestly. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.